Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. So we begin a series of discussions today on a new theme. And our theme is the integrity of God's word. That's what we're focusing on right now. Joshua chapter 21 verse 45 from the New King James Version. We're going to have it displayed on the screen. And if you can, I'd like you to read it along with me. Joshua 21, verse 45, New King James Version. Let's go. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. That infallible word that will define your future, define your life, create your reality. This month, it will be delivered to you. You will hear God clearly in the name of Jesus Christ. And I prophesy in Jesus' name that God's word will come into manifestation in your life. This month will be a month of answered prayers, a month of fulfillment of dreams for you, a month of fulfillment of prophecies for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so... Anyone who's walked with God for a short while will know that when God gives you a promise, when God gives you matching orders, you can be absolutely sure that nothing can stop the fulfillment of God's word. I remember when we were about to get um, our property at the Oregon Center many years ago and how the day we went to look at it, I really liked it. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And then I said, this is the kind of a place that we need. When I asked, so, by the way, how much is it? And they mentioned it. It was like, what? <laughs> you know, this was a long time ago. So 650 million naira was a lot of money for us then. If I absolutely, it was actually... Beyond our budget, it was like three times our budget or so, just a little less than three times our budget. So I was like, no, this is not our size, you know, let's move on. That's my, you know, <laughs> my principle. You ask for the price for something, you know whether it's your size or not. <laughs> and you remember, you remind yourself that life is in phases, right? And then you go find your size. Anyway, before we left, then I said to the team, can we pray? And we prayed, and the prayer was, Lord, is there a connection between our destiny and this place? Please show us, guide us in Jesus' name, <laughs> all right? So it was on my mind. I was praying, and I think three days later I was praying, and I got that you know, strong impression, dropped like a coin, in my spirit, in my heart, go for it, <laughs> right? Go for it. So that was it. And there was a catch, and you must not get alone, <laughs> okay? That's the way I got it. So I got to the office and said, let's move ahead with the negotiation. The longest short of it is it, it was a difficult process. It took time. It went back, went forth. Seemed like it was going to fizzle out at some point. And then we, we were hanging on one point. 
where the sellers offered us the loan with which to buy the property and then to pay the loan later. It's amazing. And I got stuck there. Honestly, it was what made sense. It absolutely made sense, except for the fact that there was a caveat with the word that I got. But then eventually, you know what happened? Yeah, eventually everything just so worked out that we got it. We got it on our own terms. <laughs> we got it, yeah. We got it at the price that we said we wanted to get it. Okay, it was 425 million naira. So we got it with the payment of a deposit, instrumental payment of the balance. Honestly, it worked out. So the day we signed the documents, paid the deposit, and I go back home, and honestly, it was like I had been drunk. Sorry, let me emphasize. Put the drunk in parentheses, okay? I did not say I was drunk. I said it was as if I had been. In any case, <laughs> the apostles in Acts chapter 2, two when people saw them, they, saw, they thought they were drunk. Anyway, it was like, some, like I became sober and my eyes cleared, you know? It was like I came to myself and it was like, what did I just do? I signed the document for a property one four hundred twenty-five million. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> you know, because I'd never done anything close to that before at that time. You know, what I'm trying to say is, from the moment God spoke, go for it. That was it. <laughs> it was done. Everything was then left to us. The actions that we would take and our persistence in holding on to God's word. I love this verse in Joshua 21. That verse 45, not the word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. And the reason why the Holy Spirit is having us to discuss this right now is because you know what? God is giving people new visions right now, new dreams right now, fresh instructions right now. The way he spoke to Abraham at the age of 75. Abraham was 75 and God gave him an instruction that created a new start altogether. Just leave everything you've done, what you've accomplished and whatever, shift to a new level. He told him, if I move to a new location altogether, I have something bigger for you. Amazing. So whatever your level of success may have been, I have come as God's voice to let you know there's something new. Remember, the word he gave us for the year is new beginnings. I'm here to tell you there are new testimonies coming. Whatever may have seemed impossible before now is becoming possible now. And by the way, the next 10 years are taking shape right now. The next 20 years, 30 years for some people are taking shape right now. I prophesy in Jesus' name, you will not miss your divine instruction. Thank you, Lord. Right. The integrity of God's word. You cannot believe in the God of the Bible and not value information. Let me back up and start from that basic level. You cannot believe in the God of the Bible, and not at a basic level, have great value for information. 
See, the Arabians of old used to call Jews or Christians the people of the book. The word Bible actually means book. Okay? So, <laughs> when you value information at the natural level, then you also value revelation, which is spiritual information. This is important. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 13. It says in the New King James Version, he who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who respects the commandment will be rewarded. Let me read it from the Passion trans- Translation. Uh, Proverbs 13, 13, the Passion Translation. It says, despise the word, will you? Then you'll pay the price and it won't be pretty. But the one who honors the Father's holy instructions will be rewarded. It is clear in our world right now that nations and cultures that value information make progress. The ones that do not value information and by extension the education of the mind lag behind. It's just the way it is. Why? Because this world runs on information. The raw material that was used to create this world is information. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 tells us, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And that's revelation. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made from things that are visible. So you find out when you begin to walk with God that he seeks to shape your value system. This is very important. When you begin, when you cultivate a relationship with the God of the Bible, he's going to shift your thinking. Okay, He's going to shift your thinking. <laughs> because the raw materials with which he created this material world were intangible raw materials. And they're there in that Hebrews 11 verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So if you don't value information, and then you don't value the word of God, revelation, <laughs> he knows you can't find traction on this planet. So God wants to shape our value system, okay? To develop value for revelation, for the information that comes from him, and generally for the intangible. Intangible resources are more powerful than tangible resources. The intangible controls the tangible. The invisible controls the visible. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, very instructive. Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3, New Living Translation now. Moses speaking to Israel, this nation that God brought out of Egypt. He said, be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord saw to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commandments. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna of food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, 
Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Wow. God allowed you to hunger. He was just testing you, he was proving you. <laughs> he allowed you to hunger and then gave you miracle food. Food you had never seen before. He said he was just trying to tell you one thing. Walking miracles, meeting your needs, providing for you in miraculous ways is not a problem with him. He just wanted to see whether you would value his commandment or not, period. He wanted you to know that man shall not live by bread, by provision, <laughs> by the material world, by your experiences alone, but by every word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You've got to change your value system and give the word of God priority in your life. This is huge. Honestly, when some of us understand it, we'll be able to fix what the problems are in our situations right now. Our value system, because it is not every culture that values information in the first place, at the basic level. Not every culture on the planet right now. So if you evolve, therefore, from a culture that does not value education, that does not value knowledge, that does not value reading, Honestly, you've got work to do. You have some adjustments to make. Remember, these people that Moses was speaking to had just come out of slavery. And education is not part of the strength of slavery. Nobody educates a slave. When people know the truth, the truth makes them free. The truth helps them to realize what could be that they did not know. In fact, what exists... <laughs> that they are not aware of, what belongs to them that are not, they are not aware of. So you have a gap created between what should be theirs and what they have right now. Then a hunger ensues. A desire is created. Then they want to move. They want to shift. That's what happens when somebody gets education. So you had a whole nation of a few million people that had not been educated. But their leader was, he went to the best schools. God arranged that. If he did not, and I'm talking about Moses, there's a reason why God allowed him to be raised in Pharaoh's palace. He got the best education that Egypt had to offer. And that was to give him the capacity to conceptualize, to receive what God wanted to deliver. <laughs> he was going to lead the creation of a new nation altogether. So he brings these people out and he's telling them, God allowed you to hunger, allowed you to go through this terrible wilderness, but you will remember nothing happened to you. When you read the later part you know, of uh, Deuteronomy 8, you'll see it there. It said your clothes did not wear out. Your shoes did not wear out. Okay, But God allowed you to go through that experience so that you will not put your trust in material things. You will learn to value the intangible more than the tangible. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So, I'm sure you remember something from this passage that we read in Deuteronomy 8, because Jesus Christ quoted it when he was tempted by Satan. 
When Satan told him, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread, Jesus replied, Matthew 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone. <laughs> he said, get away from me, Satan, for it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Woo! That's powerful. It is powerful because that was where the first Adam failed. Where Adam and Eve failed, that was where it was. Because Satan came and made them to believe that what God said to them was not enough to define their identity. Remember Genesis 1 uh, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our own image after our own likeness and let them have dominion. Verse 27 said, <laughs> he did. Okay, he created them male and female. Verse 28 says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, rule over it and have dominion. Okay? And then Satan then came and said, did God say you should not eat that fruit? And says, that's not true because when you eat that fruit, your eyes will be opened, then you will become like God. That's where all the whole problem started from. They shifted their sense of identity from what God said, from the foundation, the base of God said to eating the fruit, accomplishment, something in the physical, and everything collapsed from there. And now the last Adam came and Satan was going to play the same trick on him. But this was going to be different. Hallelujah. He had the power to turn the stone into bread, but he did not. He said, you want me <laughs> to now build my identity on the physical, to build my life on the physical? It will never happen. God spoke at the river Jordan. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus decided to build his life on what God said. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's where the victory is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I challenge you today to shift your value system. That's the starting point. Shift your value system, if you haven't, to value the intangible over the tangible. And secondly, to value information. And lastly, to value revelation above everything else. What God said, build your life, build your family, build your organization, build your nation on what God said. Now, that what God said, according to what Moses was saying in Deuteronomy 8, now has to do with your value system. Okay? Your interpretation of your world, your worldview. What is more important than what? It's very important. Anyway, let's move on. So, a word spoken is as good as the character of the person that speaks it. A word spoken is only as good as the character of the person that spoke it. If the person that said the word to you has integrity, then you know that word has integrity, right? <laughs> it, it will be fulfilled. If the person does not have integrity, then you don't have confidence in the word that is spoken. And what we want to say through this month is the fact that God cannot lie. 
God is pure. God is holy. God cannot lie. Therefore, when God gives you a promise, you can build your life on it. Numbers 23, 19, many of us know it. Let me read it from New Living Translation. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Amazing. Listen, in Genesis, Abraham wanted to be sure. He, God gave him a promise. But he, he wanted to be sure that the promise would come to pass because his natural situation was totally contrary to what God said. And it didn't seem as if anything was going to change. In Genesis 15, God told him, look, let's cut a covenant. Okay, Genesis 18, God saw. In Genesis 22, God saw over him. Let's find the explanation in Hebrews 3, verses 13 to 18, New Living Translation. Hebrews 6, verses 13 to 18, New Living Translation. It says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Now when God, now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So, God has given us both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have what great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This, this, this is phenomenal. God had to use human language to convince Abraham that he would do what he promised. God had to swear. In God's economy, there is nothing called swearing. Yes is yes, no is no. But God came down to speak human language. I swear. Now they said humans would swear by someone greater, most of the time by God. Who was God to swear by? So he saw by himself. <laughs> and I remember, I've told the story many times, as a jobless graduate with the future looking so uncertain, that I read Genesis 22, saw it, and I said, Lord, can you swear over me? And he said, oh, sure, I can swear over you. I said, just swear that I will be blessed, that things will work out fine. He said, I can do that, but can I ask you to do what I asked Abraham to do? I said, what? <laughs> I was focused on what I wanted to get. I didn't know there was some condition. I went back, I saw Abraham obeyed God to the point of wanting to sacrifice his own son. And that day, I made a vow to God, anything you will ever want me to do, anything you ask for, there's nothing I will ever own. You can't have any time that you need it. And he swore over me. I got the oath. And I began to tell people with confidence, a jobless guy, that I can never be poor again the rest of my life. This was what God did with Abraham. Isn't that amazing? So this is my challenge to you today. Some of us know what God has said already. It's not like God has not spoken to us. We know what God wants us to do. We know what God loves. Okay, we know how God wants us to live our lives, how he wants us to order our lives, but we have not centered our lives on what God said. And I'll say this to you. To build your life. Look at this illustration Jesus gave us in Luke 6. Luke 6, 46 to 49. 
the person that built his house on rock, the one that built his house on sand. And then the weather elements came once, two, the other one collapsed. What was the difference? He said, anyone that hears these things of mine and does them is like a wise man that built his house on the rock. The one that hears but does not do. So this is important. Two steps here. The hearing and then the building of one's life on what God said. So let's focus. Okay, let's start from there this month. First, there's got to be a hunger, a desire to hear from God. Whatever area of your life you want God to intervene in, fellowship with him, chase him (laughs) this month. The first thing is we have a hunger, a desire for the word of God. It's the most certain thing. This is a season of uncertainty in our world, and I'm here to tell you the most certain thing is what God said. (laughs) Ultimately, everything has to align with what God said. Look at Joseph's life. Look at Joseph's life. From the moment God gave him a vision, gave him a dream, everything went haywire. His brothers wanted to kill the dream quite all right, but they could not. And then his life went down. He became a slave. He landed in prison. (laughs) But ultimately, what happened? What God said. I'm saying to someone here today, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're in a season of uncertainty, and you really have to define where your stand is with God and with the Word of God. You cannot put the news on the same pedestal as the Word of God. You cannot put your circumstances, your realities, physical realities on the same pedestal as the Word of God. You can't even put the Word of your spouse or your parents or your teacher or anybody on the same pedestal as the Word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I prophesy the heavens are open over you and the Spirit of God rests on you now. I prophesy on you open eyes. I prophesy for you open spiritual ears. Your hearts open to receive the word of God in the name of Jesus. And in the parable of the sower, Jesus said some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came to take them. And he said those are devils. Whenever the word comes, they come immediately. He said Satan comes immediately and takes the word. I prophesy in Jesus' name, no devil will steal your revelation this season. And if your revelation was stolen, I prophesy there's restoration for you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Your own part is a commitment. Lord, I will build my word. I will build my life, build my world on your word. Will you go ahead and pray and ask him for revelation, ask him for wisdom, ask him for direction right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, and make your commitment that you will do his word no matter what that you will value his word over every other source of information. Will you go ahead and pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you planned our lives already. You are more than willing to share your will with us, to tell us what to do. And your word says in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes and by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. I ask for impartation of faith into the heart of everyone. Strong conviction. Lord, I ask you to give strong conviction to someone listening here today right now. Break through every limitation to let us know what your will for our life is and give us the courage to do your word. In Jesus' name, confirm your word in our lives with miracles showing. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for that person that is a part of this service who says my relationship with God is not okay. 
Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we know you love us. You sent Jesus to die for us on the cross. So as we pray right now, we receive forgiveness. If you're that honest person, can you just put your hand on your heart and say this prayer after me? Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins already. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for everyone that said this prayer. And you love them. And Jesus said there is joy in heaven when this happens. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving their sins. And for removing the nature of sin from them and putting your own nature in their hearts. Teach them to know you and to love you and to love other people the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name.